you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Romans tonight. Romans 8. Just remember that book? <laughs> it's been a little while since we were there. Um, hopefully you're alright with us going back there. Um, if this is the first time you've heard me talk about Romans, you might, you might want to go back and catch up. <laughs> uh, we've been going through the book of Romans since the beginning of the year. Um, off and on, and we have spent the last um, month and a half or so um, kind of focusing in, as we read the beginning part of Romans 8, focusing in on um, really what Romans 8 um, begins introducing and talking about this thing called life in the Spirit, and um, and so I would encourage you, either go back and listen to that series, Life in the Spirit, um, or just some of the stuff we've been talking about in Romans in general, this idea of a righteous um, reality that is uh, found in the kingdom of God and that's found through Jesus himself that has been made available to us. Um, that through Jesus we see righteousness revealed as um, the, the standard of God uh, for life. Um, but then we also see righteousness um, received, meaning um, Jesus, as he walks that out, he actually then um, makes it available to us. So we can have righteousness here in this life through Jesus and through our faith in him. Um, tonight we're going to look at kind of the middle section of Romans 8, uh, starting in verse 17. And um, I want to talk about... I want to talk about part of the inheritance that we have. Um, we, being those of us who have been brought into the family of God, um, what does it mean for us to be God's children? And um, one of the things it says here in Romans 8 is that um, we are heirs. It says in verse 17, we'll just start with um, reading the first part of, of this. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Now, if we're children of God, then we are heirs. An heir is someone that's um, in line to receive something. Uh, in this case, um, as the children of God, we have received something. We received um, an inheritance as part of being brought into the family of God. So we've received forgiveness, we've received salvation, we've received a new identity as God's children as part of his family now, and because we're part of the family, we've received an inheritance that comes along with being his. You guys got that? Think about the, the prodigal um, son story, right? The drama in that story was over an inheritance, right? And the first son wanted his inheritance that was rightfully his as a son. The only problem was he wanted it premature, right? Um... Not preaching that tonight, but uh, center to the drama of the prodigal son story is the inheritance that was part of this family um, that was the father's to give and was the son's to receive eventually. Um, inheritance typically comes at um, someone's passing. So actually, the reason we can say we received the inheritance already is because someone did pass. Jesus 
died. And when Jesus died, he unlocked the inheritance of heaven for those that would put their trust in him. Um, and that includes our salvation. That includes forgiveness. That includes the, the Holy Spirit, which is the deposit that God has given to us, guaranteeing what he's done, that it in fact has happened, and that it's, it's the stamp, him sealing what he's done until it's come to its fruition, and he comes and returns for his church. Okay? So, um, that inheritance is what makes us heirs. That's what that is about. Um, but there's more to it than that. I want to talk about uh, another part of our inheritance, part of what we are heirs of. And um, it, it's sort of, it's, it's two, I'm not going to say it's two sides, it's actually two pieces that can seem to be uh, sort of opposites, if you will. Um, but I would suggest that both of these are part of, central parts of what it means to be children of God, and what it means to have an inheritance in Jesus. So we actually need both of these parts in full view, equal understanding that God wants both of these things for us, that both of these things come with us being His. Okay? So you'll see what I mean by that here in a second. So let's read that verse 17 again. It says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Say heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Meaning, Jesus received something uh, first, actually. When Jesus um, did what he did, he received something as a reward of what he did. And he's shared it with us. He shared it with us. And, and, the, and the love that the Father has for the Son, for Jesus, which we hear all about through the Gospels, that's part of what Jesus has shared with us now, what we get to be recipients of as well. Okay? Co-heirs with Christ. Listen, if indeed we share in His glory. Oh wait, I skipped the part. Okay. Did you guys catch that? You were gonna you were gonna make sure I read that other part, right? I I I just that glory is just so glorious. You know, you want to just get right to it. But, but, right? You guys, you're like, that's not what it says, right? You, you were going to correct me, weren't you? My wife would have. Yeah, I know. If no one else said anything, she would have said something. That's not what it says. If indeed we share in his suffering. Say suffering. Fun word. Fun word, right? In order that we may also share in his glory. Say glory. Glory. Okay. Suffering and glory. Two parts of our inheritance. We are heirs of both. If you're God's child, you are an heir of his glory. But... You're also, and, and maybe actually first, switch the order, you're an heir of his suffering. That's what Romans says. It says, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that, right, so, so that we can also share in his glory. 
you know, we live in a environment that would like to just get right to the glory. Right to the glory. One of my favorite movies, I actually started to introduce my sons to this movie. Um, maybe um, against better judgment this week is Nacho Libre. I know, high quality, a high quality film. If you, clearly some of you have seen it, it's, it's brilliant. It's the kind of movie you shouldn't watch by yourself, but you should watch it with other people so you can elbow them and get them to get how funny it is, because it's really funny. And afterwards, my sons, all they wanted to do was beat me up. So it was wonderful. Uh, they didn't get the jokes at all. But in, in that movie, he's like working in a, in a, in a monastery, and he, he, he just wants the glory. He wants the glory of, of being famous, the glory of, of, of people chanting his name, the glory of winning. Sorry if I'm spoiling some of the movie. Um, I'm not sure that it's too possible. Yeah, you had time to see it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> he wants the glory. And in our, in our world, that's, that's the same sentiment. And even for us as believers, like there's a part of the, the gospel that is glorious. There's a part of what it means to be God's children that's like we receive this inheritance that we didn't deserve and it's glorious. And it's like, wow. And, and, and you feel, you should feel the significance of that. You should feel the, the weight of that. You should feel the importance of that. That, that you are something because of God. You are something through Jesus. Our worth is defined by Him. And, and, and in the gospel, you know, there, there are people that would like to sort of twist it and say, we're, we're nothing, um, but God loved us anyway. No, the truth is Jesus shows us actually that we're something. God created us with value and purpose and glory, but we, we fell short of it. We lost sight of it. We couldn't obtain it. And so the gospel actually restores us to that and, and in a greater way because now we're a part of the same family as the one who is all glorious, God himself. So there's, there's something like, there's something um, great. There's something wonderful about that. There's something, there's a reason to actually hold your head up high to say, wow, God, I'm something in you now. But if, if, if we were tempted by that to, um, to become conceited or boastful or, or vain or proud, um, I think that's where, in fact, entering into our inheritance first through suffering is actually um, something that is a good medicine for us. Something that should help humble us. Something that should help us to see that um, it isn't. This journey with God is not without cost. And it is not without pain. And it is not without sorrow. So I want to talk about the suffering piece for a little bit. What is it? Okay, let's just break it down for a little bit. It, 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 it that might just seem like this generic thing, um, but what is the suffering that we're told is is um, part of our entryway into an, our inheritance and part of the walk that proves that we are in fact children of God? 
Um, I want to just jump to this verse and let's go to 2 Corinthians. Because uh, Paul, all right, the one who wrote this to the, the church at Rome, he knew a thing or two about suffering. So um, I'm going to let us take our example and understanding of what it is from someone who, who, who went through it in <laughs> quite a way that none of us have, I'm pretty sure. When we read this, um, I'm pretty sure that's a safe bet. Let's just read what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11. He says, Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I've been on a boat a lot. I have never been shipwrecked, thankfully. Anybody else been shipwrecked here? Okay. You came close once. All right. Okay. <laughs> Three times. I was just like, I mean, they traveled a lot by, by boat back then. So maybe the odds were greater. He says, I spent a night and a day in the open sea. That's crazy. Yes. <laughs> all of it's All of it's crazy. <laughs> right? I've been... Constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger, 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 right? Danger in the city, danger in the country, <laughs> danger at sea, danger from false believers. It's, it's not done. I've labored and toiled. I've often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst. I've often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. And beside everything else, I've faced the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Now, there's a lot of those that, that don't really resonate with me. That last one does. I, I've felt the weight of that, and I've been talking with you about some of that in the last few weeks. But you can see just this actually broad scope of what we could define as part of suffering of those that will follow Jesus. And so suffering looks like persecution. It looks like um, hatred towards, um, in all, much of our world, it looks like a lot of the things that Paul describes right now. Um, but it also looks like um, just the, the difficulty of the journey. The difficulty of the journey, the, 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 the specific journey of following Jesus. So if you felt any difficulty in your life and you're wondering why, um, it might be it might be the fruit of you being his. <laughs> so you might not want to pray it away so quickly. You might want to instead let God show you what it's there for. Because I believe part of what he wants to encourage us in is, 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 is that as we go through some of that, and if we trace it back, not all of it will trace back to this is the result of me saying yes to you, Jesus. But a lot of it probably will. And when it does, and when we trace it back to that, we should be encouraged. 
And it's in that place, actually, and only in that place that we get to experience the fellowship of His suffering. How did I end up here, God? One answer might be, Jesus, you, you got me here. <laughs> but as quickly as you realize that, you might realize, but you went there as well. And before I ever did, you did. And even as I'm here, you're here with me. This didn't catch you off guard, and you didn't send me on this way on my own. You're with me. And you can uniquely understand where I am. Even the, the feeble amount of pain, right, that, that really feels like it hurts, right? I mean, it doesn't take a lot. I don't know if anyone likes pain, but I don't like pain. So the littlest pain, that's usually enough for me. I'm like, thanks, no thanks. It doesn't take a lot, but you know what? God doesn't despise us in that. And he's not like, grow up, toughen up. It's like, I'm, I'm here with you. This is actually proof, part of the evidence that you are mine. This isn't punishment. This is proof. This is a privilege. I heard someone say this one time, um, and it really, it really hit me. He said, you know, one of the, the, the only things that we can do here now in following Jesus that we won't get to do when we see him is say yes to him. Because when we, when we see him, we're going to be his completely. Our, our yes will be um, fully realized. But here and now, part of this journey is we, we, our yes is truly, hopefully, our yes. Because we have choice here. We're in the middle of that um, daily deciding, Jesus, you're worth it. And because of that, our, our yes really matters to him. And it's worth something to him. And it's something that we won't get to do, won't get to give him when we're in eternity. Because we'll be fully his. And so it's actually part of the privilege and part of the response of saying, you're worth it, Jesus, you're worth it. I, I, I just wonder how much of us need just the the perspective shift that, that comes when we trace some of the difficulty to this is because I said you were. This is because I said yes to you. This isn't you punishing me. This isn't some random thing. This is part of my inheritance. And because it is, because I can see that, I can also rest assured, and I can also hope in and believe for the glory that is coming. The glory that 
surely will come on the other side of this pain. Or, and ultimately, when we're fully with him once and for all. But here and now, we are walking faith to faith and glory to glory. So there's a part of the glory that, that, that is eternal that will be ours when we're finally in his presence once and for all. When we are seeing him face to face. There's a culmination of glory that we will experience that will be unlike any other. But in the meantime, there is glory for us here and now. Let's read about that. Verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings, okay? He's, he, he doesn't talk about suffering very long. He just wants us to know that it's, it's, it's going to be there. Comes with the territory. Oh, and by the way, it's nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed where? In us. Whoa. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. What is he talking about? Let's read on. He says, For creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed, the same ones who receive an inheritance who are now part of caring what God has. He says creation is waiting for what, what God has and has given to his children to be revealed. That was like the John Amplified version of that. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. There's that word again, glory. Where is the glory? What is the glory? The glory is, there's a, a deposit of glory in those who have been brought into the family of God. And, and it's that glory that the world is waiting for. The world needs to see. Are you guys with me? So that, that's the part of this that I'm saying. Like, being a part of the family of God is glorious. And guess what? We shouldn't be ashamed of it. It doesn't mean we, we are arrogant because if we know what the gospel is and we know how we got this glory, then it, it, it couldn't lead to that. shouldn't lead to that. But, but we have something to boast about. We have someone to boast in what he's done for us. And if you go back, we're not going to go there, but if you go back to the beginning of Romans, Romans 1, it's talking about the futility of creation. It's talking about the, um, it, it's talking about the ugliness of creation that is consumed with sin. And then we hear in Romans 8, the, the, the redemption of creation. That the thing that in Romans 1 seems so hopeless and so lost and so messed up and beyond repair is the very thing that God is using now to, and restoring now to, to reveal His glory in the earth. And the same creation that is waiting is waiting for the very creation that has already been redeemed to reveal God's glory. 
Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's awesome. Do we see that? Like, even in the middle of the, the, the suffering and the pain and the things not going the way we want, we, we ought not to just trace it back and realize, okay, this comes with the territory, but, but we should let it be surpassed by the truth that there is glory that is, um, is outshining it. That's, that's what he's doing as he's writing this. He's saying, I, I want you to know about the suffering, but I also want you to know about the glory, and the glory is so much greater than the suffering. Don't shy away from the pain. But don't get caught up and consumed by it either. Don't let that be where your thoughts land. <laughs> Continue on to the truth that I have deposited my glory in it and I want it to be revealed. And I want, I want creation, namely humanity, to encounter and as they encounter it, to be brought into the same freedom from the bondage of decay. Right? That's, that's Romans 1. Aren't we glad that, that we're not stuck in Romans 1? But there are people who are, which is why the glory needs to be revealed through your life, through mine, through ours together as the church actually living Living this out in a way that matters. He goes on to say, We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, we have the first fruits of the Spirit. We who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. Do we already have the glory? Think about that. Do we have the glory? This is a chance to participate. Has anybody been listening? <laughs> it's really not a true question. The answer is yes. Are we already God's children? Yes. How are we God's children? Through adoption. But, so, so it, it would seem possibly that he's saying you will be adopted in the, in the future, but we've already been adopted. That's what makes us God's children, just to just be clear of that. We know a little bit about adoption in our family. It's the adoption that, you know, it, it, it finalizes you are part of this family. You are a child in this family. So what is he saying here, right? He says, who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. Well, he says earlier, we to ourselves are groaning inwardly. Meaning, we're, we're in the in-between. We're in the in-between between what God has already done and already started and will bring to completion. And the in-between is painful, right? That's why suffering still exists, because when we're in His glory fully, it won't be there. 
It won't be there. There's another part of the suffering that it isn't just difficult things happening, but it's actually as a, a part of our obedience. We still uh, experience, even in that, the effects of sin, both our own and others. That's actually part of the suffering. In, in Hebrews, he says, he says um, you haven't, in your um, fight against sin, you haven't yet to shed blood. It's painful. The fight against sin, the, 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 the need to keep our eyes fixed on the prize and not settle for temporary things. Uh, it, it actually is painful. It should hurt sometimes. It would be a lot easier to just give in to temporary things. So we wait. <laughs> Lord, help our babysitter next <laughs> Kids, they're trying to break free. <laughs> We're waiting for the totality of what God has done to be completed, and so it's painful, and we and we wait and we groan for that. We long for that. We should, and as a result, we are hoping for things that aren't yet. Not everything that. Um, God has done has been completed yet. Not everything that He said is finished has been um, made manifest and realized. Okay? Um, and that's why there's still suffering for us and others. That's why there's um, still sorrow. That's why there's pain. That's why there's brokenness. So we're in the middle of it. And He says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. He's helping us. Verse 28. He says, We know, you guys have probably heard this one before. You might have, you might have had it on a mug somewhere, <laughs> or a t shirt. <laughs> And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those He predestined, He also called. Those He called, He justified. And those He justified, He also glorified. There it is again. Past tense. Something he's already done. Uh, it's past tense partly because it's been done already through the work of Jesus. Um, and for those that have been brought into that work by faith, it's been accomplished in your life. It's part of the inheritance, in fact. It's your new identity. And it's even past tense for those who are yet to receive it. Those with a seat at the table of God, waiting for them. Because it's in the work of Jesus. So what is the glory? What is the glory? Let's just um, summarize that for a minute and um, see where we are. Um, 
the glory is the family of God. The glory is the family of God that, that only comes through the work of God in Jesus. That's part of the glory. But the glory is also the family of God living, living out their glory in the middle of suffering so the world can see it, so the world can be brought in. So that creation itself Humanity around us that have yet to taste of the goodness of God in this way can see it and know it and be brought into it. Free from the bondage of decay. You guys believe in that? Are there some people in your life that if they were brought into the kingdom of God, the family of God, they would just would be different people? I, I just can't help it. I wasn't planning on talking about Kanye tonight. <laughs> but it's, um, it's, it's a hot topic right now. And uh, it, it's, it's because of this. It's like, has it changed? Is it really or not? Um, are these songs real? Are they not? And, and then there's, you know, there's people who are like, I just don't know. I just don't know if I could, could do that work with that guy. Oh, really? <laughs> you obviously forgot the work forgot about the work that he did with you. You're like, well, it didn't really take a whole lot. Yes, it did. It took everything from heaven. It took heaven being bankrupt for you. To rescue you. He didn't just clean you up. He rescued you from the bondage of decay and brought you into freedom. You couldn't have that freedom apart from Jesus. So regardless of what you think about Kanye, I, I would, let's just pray that that's what's happened. Because it can, and it does, and it is happening. Like, why are we so surprised? Oh, you know, like... Because he made music. And now he might be making music for Jesus. That's still good. Is that why we're surprised? <laughs> Okay, I'm done with my <laughs> Bless him, Lord. Bless people through him. I feel like that might be what we're witnessing here. The glory of a son realizing he's a son. Just put it out there as a little proposal. We need to see it. We need to see it. Um, let's just, let's pray. I just want to pray that we would be strengthened by the truth of whose we are. Like it, which 
that's not the point. That we want to shrink back from specifically the struggle and the challenge and the suffering that comes from having said yes to Jesus. I just want to just want us to reflect on that for a minute. Maybe maybe there's some things right now that that he just wants to to help you see in that life. Maybe maybe for others that the thought of that is scary, and you're like, I, I don't really want that. And, and maybe there isn't anything like that in your life. Maybe you have some challenges and difficulties, but they're not explicitly things that have been the result of you. Um, of you saying yes fully to Jesus and, and giving Him your life. And, and if that's you, I, my prayer would, would be that you would experience the truth that He's worth that anymore. And as a result, part of how you would know it is you wouldn't be afraid of that anymore. And your, your yes would actually take you into some things that you would have thought you'd never be in otherwise. And that in those places that you would, you would, you would see Jesus and He would comfort you and He would strengthen you for the course ahead so that you could come out the other side and, 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 and be more glorious in Him. not just for your own sake, not just for our own sake, but for the world around us, they would see. So God, right now, even, even as many of us are in the middle of things, I, I pray that you would, you would give us a, a, a shift in perspective, you would give us a change of heart, that you would um, even just um, accept our repentance where it's needed. For not being able to walk in the joy. the delight and the peace and the love that you've established this in for your son. Where we've been overwhelmed by things that I pray that we would instead be overwhelmed by your glory. We would be overwhelmed by how good you are and how worth worth it you are
just what you've done for us and what you can do for people around us, what you're doing even now and the part that you have for us. That's a privilege, the privilege that you brought us into, God. We want to be, we want to be your light. We want to shine with the glory of God. Through all that we say and all that we do. Jesus, we're going to take communion tonight, and um, as we do, we come to receive uh, Christ's body broken and His blood shed for the forgiveness of sins, and um, the very thing that has brought us into this family. So we're ready to come.